Our scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Mr. Tanner was a cleaner from a town in the Midwest. And of all the cleaning shops around, he'd made his the best. But he also was a baritone who sang while hanging clothes. He practiced scales while pressing tails and sang at local shows. His friends and neighbors praised the voice that poured out from his throat. They said that he should use his gift instead of cleaning coats. was his life, it was not his livelihood, and it made him feel so happy, and it made him feel so good, and he sang from his heart, and he sang from his soul, he did not know how well he sang, it just made him whole. His friends kept working on him, to try music out full time A big debut and rave reviews A great career to climb Finally they got to him He would take the fling A concert agent in New York Agreed to have him sing And there were plane tickets Phone calls, money spent To rent the hall It took most of his savings But he gladly used them all his life, it was not his livelihood, and it made him feel so happy, and it made him feel so good, and he sang from his heart, and he sang from his soul, he did not know how well he sang, it just made him in a smile and in the half-filled hall the critics sat watching on the aisle but the concert was a blur to him spatters of applause he did not know how well he sang he only had the applause but the critics were concise it only took four lines but no one could accuse them of being overkind Mr. Martin Tanner, baritone of Dayton, Ohio, made his town hall debut last night. He came well prepared, but unfortunately, his presentation was not up to contemporary professional standards. His voice lacks the range of total color necessary to make it consistently interesting. Full-time consideration of another endeavor might be in order. Dayton and was questioned by his friends and he smiled and just said nothing and he never sang again 
Excepting very late at night when the shop was dark and closed He sang softly to himself as he sorted through the clothes Music was his life It was not his livelihood And it made him feel so happy it made him Precious and loving God, we thank you for your spirit, your presence, the way that you guide and move with us through all things. Precious God, today as we celebrate together in this moment of, of prayer, in this moment of conversation, precious God, please help us to find a way to continue to see your spark of love, even though at times we may not always feel it, or precious God, even though at times we may find ourselves in the most darkest of places, trying to see your light. Be with us today, Lord. In your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. Today's video uh, comes with it, the song that I played before it, Mr. Tanner. Now, this will be our second uh, Harry Chapin song that I've shared with you during this time frame. But this one is very special to me. The, the, the identity of Martin Tanner, the, the, um, the clothes, the, uh, the washing shop. I can't think a laundromat, the laundromat owner that, that exists within this song who has a love for music, uh, but doesn't always feel that love back, has a deep passion and love and care to be connected to something, even though he does not find it back. And the reality within that exists when that you find a love and a passion for something and you don't always feel it returned. Why do we keep the passion growing and flowing to try to find ways to still be connected to it? Uh, that's what I get from this wonderful, wonderful song of, of Martin Tanner who owns this laundry shop and uh, in Dayton, Ohio. And he has this deep love for music and he wants to participate in music in any way possible. But he doesn't always receive that love back no matter how hard he tries to connect to it. Now, as I've shared with you, as I've warned with you so far ago, these videos will be taking place will be shared during June. And June is uh, Pride Month. It's LGBTQ Awareness Month, Pride Month. And uh, every time I think about this narrative, I think about my dear brothers and sisters, my siblings, uh, if you identify as non-binary, my siblings. 
and the LGBTQ community who direly, direly want to find a connection to their faith, who direly wants to find a connection where they can sit and find a place of worship, a place of worship celebration, even within environments that have not always been the most welcoming and definitely in environments that have not always been the most supportive. What proclamation of love does that shine that you want so direly to receive the agape that is promised from God, even though it comes from areas, from places, from individuals who have not always been the ones who have been the most successful willing to display that agape. I'll share with you a reality, and this reality came in the much younger years of my life, and I will not share names because I've not been allowed to share this story, and it's so long ago, I will also not share the location of this story. But years upon years ago, my focus on full occlusion of LGBTQ individuals came from two dear friends that I knew who privately attended worship at the worship center that I attended. Notice that I'm not giving any modifiers as, as I go through this, but two dear friends who lived as LGBTQ individuals, and they wanted to be in a place that they could celebrate the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the salvation that comes through the actions of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in my journey, in my faith journey, there are words that I heard that harmed me as an individual that limited my ability to be a, a full caregiver. And it took meeting these two dear friends to help me see that the words that I heard were not factual. And there is a reality that exists outside of what I have been told that is individuals who are deserving of agape, that desire agape, and even though that they have been told they're not worthy of it, they can't have it here, they are still individuals that thrive for agape. Now that existed in this worship center. And this worship center that I had, I literally heard the words, it's not that God doesn't like gay people, it's that gay people have the inability to love God. So that was the words that I heard. And that was the context that I grew up with. So I hear these words, and I hear these words from a very trusted individual that is a representative of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I immediately put wholehearted value in what those words proclaim. And then I meet these two friends. And I meet these two friends and I began to inwardly question if they have the inability to love God, why are they thirsting for agape so much? Because that's what I was told. 
I also began to see the reality of the words that I was told and the reality of those words that I was told is that they were not true. Because I see in two individuals that had to hide their identities in our worship center, even though they could not fully be out and be who they were there, they still thirsted for agape. They still thrived for agape. They still did whatever they had to do, including not fully being who they were in that context, so that they could find an interaction with agape. This is the whole Martin Tanner story. Martin Tanner was an individual who loved music so much and found a, a connected loyalty to music so much but then he went to go sing at the town hall and the music critics were the ones that pointed out how that he didn't belong there. Martin Tanner, this individual that wanted to live in and celebrate his love for music to such an extent that he, he found a way to put himself on stage and to perform in front of individuals. But the gatekeepers of the environment found ways to say that his voice didn't reach those of contemporary professional standards. His, last, his voice lacks the range of total color necessary to make it consistently interesting. Full-time consideration of another endeavor might be in order. We exist in this realm that we as people of faith find ourselves in two journeys. We find ourselves in the journeys that we are the ones that are trying to open doors so that anyone can find the agape that they are passionately striving for. Or we become the gatekeepers, the critics that set aside opportunities from others to fully experience their place within agape. We make the comments like the critics in this song, Mr. Tanner. We make the comments about individuals either right in their faces or behind their backs that is exclusionary gatekeeping that limits individuals from finding their quest for agape. And my own personal journey came with two individuals who thirsted for agape, who thirsted for inclusion, and within that worship environment had to set aside their identities because within that environment, they were never fully welcomed or accepted into that environment. See, we exist in these words of accepts. We, accept, we exist in these worlds of accepts. We believe in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But then we, as individuals, put in our accepts. Except for those who love in ways that I don't love. Except for those who have different skin complexions that I have. Except for those who have different cultural backgrounds than I grew up in. Except for those who don't believe 
minutely everything that I believe in, except for those who don't fit in the box that I've constructed, because that box keeps me safe and sound that one day I will achieve heaven. And those are realities that we contend with. And within that, we have a world full of Martin Tanners. We have a world full of individuals who thirst, who thirst for agape. And they are so willing to achieve agape that they are also willing to go into environments that will not accept them wholly as who they are. And that's painful. That's hurtful. Because I don't celebrate that Jesus Christ. I celebrate the Jesus Christ of John 3.16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I celebrate John 3.17, that we all so frequently forget, because 3.16 is about what I get out of salvation. But John 3.17 is what I provide to others through salvation. For God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We look at all of the narratives of Jesus Christ and we look at what it means to receive redemptive salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection with Je through Jesus Christ. But we forget that almost every parable talks about an individual that finds a place at a table who exists outside of the understanding of others. We look at the realities of Christ's actions as he accepts the lady who comes to the table and asks for scraps from the king. And even though the disciples say, please make her go away, Christ opens the table wider so that more people can find their place in salvation. We think about the woman at the well. We think about the lady caught in adultery. We look at all these images, and within none of these images do we see a Christ that pushes someone else away. But what we do in all of these images, see an individual that is thirsting for agape. And individuals that are thirsting for agape. And the master image of everything we follow is never the one that pushes away. The master image of what we follow is the one who opens the table further. The voice of Jesus Christ exists in this song, Mr. Tanner. The voice of Jesus Christ is everybody that had encouraged Martin Tanner to try and to go sing at the big town hall concert. The voice of Jesus Christ is the person that affirmed this gift and the love, the agape that Martin Tanner feels through this gift of singing and every voice that encourages him to go and to try is the voice of Jesus Christ. Even when Martin Tanner returns home and he decides not to sing in public anymore, it doesn't stop the thirst of agape. And especially very late at night when the shop was dark and closed, he sang softly to himself as he folded all the clothes. Even within the hurt, there was still a thirst for agape. I want us to think about all these things. I want us to think about those who are thirsting for agape because that thirst is pure and it's restorative. 
and that thirst is a longing to, of celebration. So as we deal with these things, as we grow through these things, as we look at what it means to be representatives of the true gospel of Jesus Christ, we are looking for those who are thirsty. And we're looking at what Christ did. He talked to the lady at the well. He talked to the lady caught to adultery. He talked to the children. He set the table one seat further for the lady who came to ask for scraps from the king's table. And we do not see a narrative of exclusion. We see the narrative of someone that understands the passion for agape and makes the table bigger. Thank you for listening to me. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. God is love. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us for worship. Let's join together in our closing benediction. For all that is love, be love. For all that grows in love, thrive in love. And every step that we take in love, may we take others with us. In your son's precious and loving name we pray. Amen.